the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. You know that means this is the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever is on your heart, you need only to call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. Now, as you know, uh, yesterday we were off the air because of technical difficulties. Uh, We missed our senior program. We're going to try to reschedule that with them if we can work out their schedules on uh, next week sometime. Um, But uh, we're really sorry to have done that. It was beyond our control, and we are ready to go today. Paula is live in studio uh, with us. So uh, before I get to her, I want to make a couple of comments. Uh, We're obviously, we're getting a lot of... uh, Questions and, and uh, people want to know uh, how they should respond to the the, the massacre in Uvalde. Um, questions are being asked: Where was God? Why why would God allow these kinds of things to to happen? And I remind you continually when bad things happen that we live in a fallen world. People are broken. They're really really broken. And what we've got to do now, uh, and you know, people say, well, well, all we can do is pray. That's really all we need to do. Uh, the Lord is there with them on um, that terrible day. Nineteen children went directly into the presence of Jesus Christ. Um, the people that are left behind are grieving and hurting so desperately that only God can heal them. And our responsibility is to rightly represent Jesus. I said to our church here that we have the responsibility to go out now and be even more active in sharing the gospel. We're in the last days. Things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. And especially as long as we are focusing on the wrong things. You know, we have a a nation that has kicked God out of everything. There's no more right or wrong. There's no more objective truth. Our children are being told they can do whatever they want. We are allowing them to be brainwashed on social media. We have stopped supervising our kids. They can do what they want, and parents are too afraid to step in and do anything about it. We're telling our children they can do anything they want. They can be anything they want, that we can throw morality out. Good good is now wrong and, and and. And evil is now right. And you see, that's the problem. Last night I told our church that the nature of weaponry, guns, has not changed in the history of the world. Guns were always intended to kill, to destroy. Weapons were always intended to destroy. 
What's changed is the people using the weapons. And because we've got so many of these young men, especially, not exclusively, but especially, we've got these young men who are unsupervised. Um, They're allowed to be alone. Uh, They're allowed unsupervised access to the, the, the social media propaganda. And why should we be surprised when evil takes over? This shooting was demonic. This wasn't a disturbed kid. This was a kid that was possessed by the devil when he was pulling the trigger and killing those children. You know, our responsibility, Christians, and I'm assuming that this is a program that that almost exclusively Christians are listening to. It's our responsibility to stand for that which is right, to stand against that which is wrong, and we need to be bold enough to take a stand for those things, knowing that the world is going to point fingers at us, mock us, make fun of us. Knowing that in some cases, taking a stand for what's right is going to get us fired from our jobs. Our friends and family members are going to turn against us. We've got to be okay with that. Because you see, let me say, we saw this week how high the stakes can be. So this is a time, because Jesus is coming soon, this is a time for us to be active in sharing our faith. This is a time for us to stand for that which is righteous and stand against that which is not. And there's no more time to delay. So please keep those grieving families, that grieving community, in Uvalde, in your prayers. Don't be influenced by all of the political propaganda that's coming from both sides. The problem is not guns. The problem is our sin nature. And Jesus is the only answer for that. And it's our responsibility to point people to Jesus, not only with our words, but with the example of the way we live our lives. And if we get caught up in the arguments and even even for a moment believing that there's a political solution to all of this, then it just demonstrates that we don't understand it all. In our flesh is nothing good. And when we surrender our flesh, there is an enemy. Peter describes him as prowling around like a roaring lion. There is an enemy who is going to take advantage of that. And right now, he has these godless, in many cases soulless, and I don't mean that they're not going to live forever, but soulless in the sense that they've been given over to evil, young men that nobody's loving enough to supervise to discipline, to correct. And all we get from the world around us, those who are in authority, governing authority, is solutions that aren't solutions at all. So make no mistake, this is not about guns. This is about depraved hearts, demon-possessed hearts in many cases. And as much as it hurts me to say this, things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. So this is a call to action. We need a prophetic voice. Last night, Paula, we were talking about Elijah on Mount Carmel. And I started the message with, if Elijah were alive today, he'd be standing on a hilltop somewhere and screaming at the top of his lungs. How long are you going to halter between two choices? If Baal is God, serve him. But if God is God, serve him. And that's the choice that we've got to make. Those of us who claim the name of Christ, those of us who are active in our churches, we've got to make a choice about who we are, where our priorities are. And we've got to stand proudly and solidly in that place where we can say, Jesus Christ is the only solution. There is no other. You may get mocked. You may get laughed at. You may be ignored. But it's okay. Jesus will be rooting you on from heaven. So please pray for the people that are hurting so much. And Paula, let's get back to our program. Um, You know, these things happen. 
And there's got to be an approach to dealing with it. And we who are believers, we've got to stand up. Yeah. This was, this was tough, you know, that <clears throat> the Lord's given me a tender heart, you know. Um, I could hardly sleep. And, you know, we were at the banquet, like you said last night too, Excuse me. We were at the banquet celebrating our kids, and they were all there safe, and we were all having lots of fun and taking pictures and eating and dancing. And at the same time, just I don't know how many miles away. Not eighty that, miles. Eighty miles away, a whole city is grieving the loss of their kids. You know, and I went to bed and I kept I kept waking up all night, just crying, uh, the pain. I'm sure some people didn't even go to sleep, maybe haven't slept yet. Um, school is just about out. Vacations are planned and, you know, um, yeah. But you said uh, last night that we mourn with those who mourn and then we grieve proactively, which is what you're talking about, you know, looking up to Jesus and, and getting the right perspective. You know, people are so mad at why did God let this happen? Why does God let kids get cancer? We have another question. Um, why does God do God doesn't do these things. Um, he He made us to live forever when he created Adam and Eve. They were supposed to live forever. But they had that choice of don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And yet that's that's just our sin nature. We're gonna do whatever we want to do. We're gonna. We just. We're, we're automatically seem like if somebody says no, you can't do that. That's the thing we want to do. Yeah, and, and, and you, so and you know, Paula, the the world is acting like there are no consequences to evil and immorality. We tell people that the things God says are an abomination are okay, and we're surprised when there are consequences. And we can't be. I, I had the question asked, where was God? And the answer is always the same. He was exactly in the same place that he was when he watched his son die and didn't intervene. Yeah. So we've got to be confident. And, and this is just the, 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 the media onslaught that we get. Um, we Christians are not confident that Jesus Christ truly is the only answer. And until... Uh, how how long will we waver between two two decisions? Mm-hmm. Uh, he either is the answer or he's not. And and those of us who identify uh, as being Christians, born again believers, uh, we don't have a choice. We've got to understand he is the only answer to this kind of evil, yeah. and we've got to be um, okay. You know, we want to fix things. Mm-hmm. We want people to feel better. Mm-hmm. You're a big fixer. You know, you don't want anybody to hurt. I know. But but the reality is, is only <clears throat> Jesus can fix people. Yeah. And we've been praying forever for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. And our, our world is, is there. Yeah. They're trying to, you know, do whatever you want to, thinking that'll fix it. Be whoever you want to be, thinking that'll fix it. And it's just causing more confusion fear, anger, because none of those things satisfy. You know, people are changing their gender. They're, that's not going to fix whatever is going on in their lives. Um, you know, again, be who you want to be, do what you want to do. It's not going to satisfy. Jesus says, follow me. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And people are looking for rest, but they're looking for it in all these other things. And so he's very patient. And, you know, some people will come to him through these tragedies, you know, because they've tried everything else or, or we think that, you know, we have a plan. You know, the, the hard part was seeing some of the kids, um, moms and dads have dreams and aspirations for those kids. And that's not going to happen here on earth. So their, their dreams are crushed. Um, but they can't see those kids again if yeah. they are would be born again. Yeah, I think that's an important direction to take, Paula. You know, those kids went in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And I, I know this program is heard in the Uvalde area. Um, I know we've got people out in the streets in Uvalde. Um, but the reality is that there is hope for them to see their children again. 
but they must be born again. They must be born again. And, you know, just the idea that we're victims and, and so God's going to just forgive all this stuff. No, sin is what separates us from God. And every one of those people who are grieving at a level we can't understand, I, we can't I, comprehend. No. Uh-uh. Um, the hope that they can have is that Jesus Christ uh, has taken their children and they can see their kids again in the most glorious of reunions. Yeah. But the only way they're going to get to see their kids again is if they're born again. Yeah. And that's hope. That is hope. You know, right now, probably most of them don't want to really hear that. You know, when we lose somebody, I want them back. I want them back in my life. I don't want. I don't want to lose them until I get, you know, get my eyes focused up. Um, and so, those who aren't born again, they're probably not going to want to hear that. But if they do listen, you know, the Lord will heal heal their hearts. That yeah. pain will never go away. But yeah. I, I think I think we'd be surprised. I think um, they're looking for hope. I, I know the Holy Spirit is pouring out. Uh, abundant grace mm. upon those people's mm. lives and 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 the holy spirit is calling them to jesus and we're we're god's mouthpieces and so our responsibility is to tell them this is how you can see your son or this is how you can see your daughter again and somebody who doesn't know jesus has no concept of the 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 utter joy that they're experiencing at this very moment yeah. And 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 the the horror of that day is completely gone now. Yeah. As they look into the eyes mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. and and He says, "Suffer not the little children to come unto me." Yeah. And um, they're in 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 heavenly bliss, and you know, a, a grieving parent, saved or unsaved, a grieving parent needs to hear that. You know, we keep replaying the news stories and we keep replaying the screams and we keep replaying the horror over mm-hmm. and over and over. Uh, when the reality is that th- their children are just playing and and in the presence of the one who loves them unconditionally. And that's their hope. And again, the Holy Spirit is pouring out abundant grace on people right now. And we see this with these kind of tragedies. We went through this in Sutherland Springs uh, a few years ago. Um, uh, and, and a lot of people got saved as a result. Lives changed. And they changed because they have to. We can't live with this kind of grief. Yeah. We can't live with no hope. Mm-hmm. And so what we, what we do is we, we point them up where Jesus is um, reaching out to them. If they stay focused on the pain and the horror of the day, um, then the enemy, Peter says, prowls around as a roaring lion looking for opportunities to devour them. Um, and that's why, that's you know, we, we can't forget God was there. Yeah. You know, on that day in that schoolroom, uh, unseen by the shooter, unseen by the authorities, uh, in that in that schoolroom, that that classroom, um, there was um, a myriad of angels escorting those little ones into the presence of Jesus. Um, and as the angels are now gone, uh, grace remains, and that's our hope. But we've got to we got to understand that there's there's no possible solution. There's no relief from this kind of grief and pain apart from looking up to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he gets it because he endured it. And his father, who had the authority, who had the power to stop his execution, didn't do it so that those children could be in heaven at this very moment. I think we've got to remember that. And, and, you know, this... um, Oh, you Christians and your thoughts and your prayers and your promises of heaven. We don't want to hear it. Well, those are the people that will continue to grieve and be broken. Jesus has the answer. He's the only one. Yeah. Well, tonight, Paula, as you know, let me change the subject and get to whatever it is you want to talk about tonight. We have our, uh, we finish our 22nd year of our free school. Uh, our seniors are graduating tonight. Amazing. And when when they're done, now they go out in the world and, mm-hmm. 
and uh, then we're done with another school year, at least for two and a half months, um, <laughs> and then we start all over again. Yeah, it's so cute because, well, actually, I was a little bit upset that we didn't have a show yesterday, Pastor Ron, but I know it wasn't anybody's fault on, on this end, so, um, but I was so looking forward to, you know, the, the kids being on the radio program yesterday because at, at, at lunch, you know, I'm talking to them and then in the car, I'm saying, don't be nervous. Pastor Ron's a great host. He'll set you up. He's not setting you up to fail. He's going to, he's going to, you know, so they're ready. You know, I, they were ready to be on the show, Pastor Ron. They had stuff to say. And so when it didn't come on, it was like, oh man. But anyway, they were, they that's, were that's excited. The, that's the first uh, Wednesday of the final week where we haven't had the graduates on in like 15 years. so Or no, 10 years. We've only been in the program for 10 years. Ten, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I we, we miss it. Yeah. So Man. Anyway. Hopefully they'll be able to come back. What's yeah. on your heart today, so Paula? This was um, my on my heart today was my notes. Oh, um, how the wind blows, the spirit, how the wind blows. And I was looking at John chapter 3. Verse 8, after, you know, the Lord's talking to Nicodemus, you should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. And then he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You know, there's so many times that, you know, you just you pray, okay, Lord, what about me? What about today? And how he leads you um, is kind of like, I would have never thought I'd talk to that person, or I would have never thought, you know, in a million years, we'd be living in San Antonio. You're Pastor Ron, I'm your wife, and we got this great family. I mean, who would have thought? And yet the Lord, who sits outside of time and space, knew that all the way. And so I was thinking about, in the Old Testament, um, the Lord says to Moses, you know, of course he took him from the from the palace and He's got his little uh, family cloth. I'm looking at the movie now. <laughs> I'm looking at the movie. And, and anyway, Moses is now with his real people. Um, and he, the Lord says, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And Moses says, I think you got the wrong guy. I can't even talk right, you know. Um, and then if you want to jump in anytime, that's fine. But then I'm thinking Ruth. You know, Ruth is raised in a in a wash basin, basically, Moab, idol-worshipping people. And here comes Ruth and the, the family, and now she's a, a daughter-in-law, but her husband's dead. And, and um, Naomi hears about, you know, there's, there's food back in her hometown, so she's going to go back. And the daughter-in-laws are going to go with her. Well, we, only, we know only Ruth is the one who, who followed. And so... She says, she sings a song. I'm sure she, she wrote the song. Where you go, I'll go. Where you say, you know. Um, <laughs> You're sure? You're sure? I'm pretty sure okay. she wrote that. Mm-hmm. But she says, your people will be my people. That's like the Holy Spirit just making sure Naomi, Mara, when she goes back, she got an attitude, you know. But Naomi goes back. She, she's heard from the Lord. Um, and so the wind's blowing her back home, and Ruth goes with her. And then for Abraham, or in in our Can I, case, let me know there for a minute. We're in, okay. we're just a little over two minutes now, two and a half minutes okay. for this half program. Mm-hmm. But but um, um, it wasn't your people will be my people. That wasn't the key. Your God will be my God. Your God be my God. And, yes. and that, that's the thing we got to remember. And that's that's where the Spirit was blowing then, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the Spirit is always blowing. You know, there's there's nothing led of the Spirit that's not leading to Jesus Christ. Yes. And God knows those who are his. Uh, he knows those who are going to reject him. And, and he works still all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Spirit's always blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he, you were talking about um, the many times that you've gone like out. And the Lord always says, if you share your testimony, people are going to get saved. That doesn't happen every single time. But there's times when you just know you've heard from the Lord, and so the Spirit just kind of leads you. Sometimes the altar calls, you know, you you're praying, and, and it was I can sometimes see your face like 
you know, where you, oh, people can't see me on TV. Yeah. Or like, on the radio. I mean, on the radio, I mean, uh, they can't see where it looks like, I just had a thought, but where'd that thought come from? You know? And that's the Holy Spirit leading. Um, for instance, after you finish one book, I always ask you, so, what do you, what's the next book you're going to teach? I'm praying. The Lord will tell me. That's the Spirit leading. And so, in those many things as a Christian, it's really a, a cool thing. You were talking last night that um, we need to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. We have to listen. And you've been, the last couple of studies have been, listen to him. This is my son, listen to him. And so, how we get to listen is, again, you tell us, being God's word. And if you're in the word and you're praying, and then you stop to listen to him, he's going to lead you. We'll come back to this. We would love any comments or phone calls or questions, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand on for life. I'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day edition because it's Thursday. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to Cindy holding on line one. Cindy, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Cindy, do we have you? On date day, because I really like to listen to what Mama Paula has on her heart to say, but I had something very interesting happen to me today, and I wanted to get your view on it, either either one of you. Okay. Um, I was driving down Pat Booker toward Farm Road 78, and the sky was just no clouds at all. And all of a sudden, there was this tiny little marshmallow of a cloud with nothing else around in the <laughs> sky. <laughs> and I remember last night, now I watched online, mm-hmm. and I let my day get completely out of hand today and out of control today. So I didn't read, usually I read uh, Wednesday night study the next morning, and I didn't do that. So I kind of missed out on that little part about the cloud in the sky. And and all of a sudden I started to think, well, I wonder if God's trying to tell me something. So if you think there's something that the Lord might be trying to tell me, I'd really like to hear what it is, because I found that pretty unique just to see that one little cloud. And the night before, there was that one little cloud in the Bible study. So I'll get off the phone and <laughs> listen to, to your reply. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Bye. Um, <laughs> you know, when we, we, we have something like that that happens to us, um, we, we have to be really careful not to, to, to exaggerate things or, 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 you know, it must mean something because most often it doesn't. Now, one of the things that I can tell you, Cindy, that, that a cloud, a small cloud in the sky like that means, um, biblically is that, um, all things are possible with God. I think those kind of reminders are really good things, especially when uh, our community is hurting as it is right now. All things are possible with God, and uh, that cloud um, was simply a reminder to you, um, not necessarily sent by God, but just a reminder to you that um, to keep looking up. All things are possible with God, and I think sometimes we uh, have a tendency to forget that... um, and especially we're looking around at these horrible circumstances, that God is still the one who's in control of all of those things. So I wouldn't take it as a personal message, just sort of a general reminder that with God all things are possible, especially as we're looking out and around in a world that, um, I mean, it seems impossible. The pain seems impossible and overwhelming. Uh, but God wins, and, and that's a good reminder of that. Mm-hmm. So, Cindy, I hope that makes sense to you. Do you have anything yeah. you want to add, Paul? 
it just reminds me because sometimes I'll look up in the sky and it just looks like <clears throat> the Lord did finger painting, you know, in the sky with purples and there's red and the oranges and the yellows. And I'm thinking, I used to love to finger paint. So I just think he does those kind of things for each one of us, that, that it would remind you of that study means your heart is in tune with with the Lord and you've been reading his word and listening and so that's just a good reminder mm-hmm. Jesus really is yeah. out there and he's 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 in your heart and he's next to you and he says Cindy I love you so much I'm going to let you see this little baby cloud you know what I said Paul the first time one of my elementary school teachers wanted us to finger paint what? showed us how to do it yeah. I went, ew <laughs> This is dirty. <laughs> my hands. My hands. I, I, I need to wash my hands. So well, we find different you, strokes. Yeah, we find you in different things for sure. Oh, my um, goodness. Paul, here's an anonymous question that came in um, that I'm sure your viewpoint on would be appreciated. Uh, it says, hi, Pastor on Mama Paula. My wife recently brought to my attention that she wants to have monthly dinners with our families. They're all professing Christians who go to hyper-charismatic churches, uh, a.k.a. prosperity teaching, and don't live fully for the Lord. I love the idea. However, I'm reluctant to have them over since I tend to get in my flesh because of the things they say that are not fully um, completed biblical principles. My wife believes I lack love and compassion for them, but I see it as walking into the temptations of the devil. I know there is opportunity for me to share God fully, however. I've been told that I am a hypocrite and judgmental, and so I don't gravitate towards them anymore. What are your thoughts? Let me just uh, address this first, Paul, and then then you can can speak to them. Two things stick out. One, uh, you said you tend to get in your flesh. That's on you. That's 100% on you. Uh, Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to get into the flesh and um, uh, especially as you know that in your flesh is nothing good and you're misrepresenting Jesus, that's the last thing that you should desire. The idea that, well, they irritate me, so, so I'm going to get fleshy, um, that's sin. That's just willful sin, and, and the devil wins in a case like that. Um, I, I would have a tendency to agree with your wife. Uh, I, I think what you need to do, especially when people who may not even be saved, I mean, the doctrine that they've been grown up with uh, or taught is so heretical that they may not even be saved. They don't understand. Those are the people that we bend over backwards for. They're the object of our ministry, not the enemy of our ministry. And you should, uh, you and your wife together, should make them the object of uh, your love and your compassion. And if they insult you or they think you're a hypocrite, um, you know, if they're walking in the flesh because of what they've been taught, you don't have to go there. And Jesus would tell you to get over you. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Um, uh, they insulted him. They're going to insult you. Mm-hmm. They hated him. They're going to hate you. Um, they spit in his face. Figuratively speaking, they're going to do that to yours. And, and see, that means you're in really good company. Can you imagine? You're sharing in the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. But remember that he loves them. And um, your responsibility is to love them on his behalf. Paula, um, the other thing, you know, your wife is a partner. And this is her family. And if they don't see Jesus at your home then where are they going to see him? So, husbands, wives, submit to one another out of fear of God. Mm-hmm. Paula? Yeah. I remember people used to call. This is back when we had in the apartment. It was basically just me and you. And people would call, you know, and, and they would start talking about their, their beliefs and stuff. You know, once they've always said, yeah, um, but it's past. I'm going to tell my husband, who drinks a lot, that um, once they've all, always said, well, yeah. Um, but I remember you, somebody said um, something. I was, And you overheard the, the conversation after I hung up. You said, Paula, just let him get to church. 
you know, I'm so ready to correct them. And the, the, the people that I have the, my whole life, the people I've had the worst trouble with are the ones who are the most like me. And I have a tendency to be a little judgmental as well. And so um, I kind of look at those people who are judgmental and say, huh, they're judgmental. When, <laughs> when, when it's me, it's been me the whole time. And so, you yeah. Remember, you remember the saying you used to I say, Paul, stop saying that. Remember that? Which one? You point a finger at somebody, they're oh. still pointing back at you. <laughs> but that's true. Stop, that's wrong, stop but okay. with the cliches. You're right, you're right, you're right. But um, even even the people who come to Calvary Chapel San Antonio, not all of them come from good churches, you know? And uh, we're, we're glad when they keep coming, even though they, they want to talk a little loud and they want to be uh, uh, King James only and or they want to insist on calling me Pastor Paula, when I've told them several times that women can't be pastors, but that's the kind of church they came from. And so either they forget or they forget on purpose just to kind of get under my skin. Um, But I just kind of gently correct them. Remember what I told you, I'm I'm not a pastor. I'm the pastor's wife. I know where you came from, but you just kind of gently correct them. And after a while, they get it. We got some people. You're the first lady. Oh, yeah, not that either. We have some people who've come here with their tambourines, and, you know, um, and you just say, you just kind of quietly tell them, well, you know, I know tambourines are in the Bible, but not at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, so we're not going to do that here. Uh, we had one, one man who, he was going to run around the church, because that's the kind of church he came from. He was going to run around the church, you know, and hooping and hollering, <laughs> and, uh, he asked one of the guys, well, who's going to stop me? And this guy who we're, who we're talking about is a little guy. And so one of our pastors said, that would be me. <laughs> and so you just kind of let them, let them come to church or let them come to your house or you go to their house, not to argue with them, not to correct them, just to love them. We, we had a lady who went to a name it and claim it prosperity church as well, and the Lord, He's running after people. Well, one day in the apartment complex, I was doing my laundry, and I heard all this cursing and yelling and screaming, and I was wondering what in the world was going on. I went out there, and the new car that she bought, because she didn't have any money, but she claimed it, but she couldn't make the payments, and so the tow truck was there taking her car. And this so called, yeah, well, I can't judge her, but I could, because that's. I kind of still have that tendency. But a Christian went to a big church, was cussing up a storm at the tow truck driver. People could hear her all over the complex, but they took the car because she couldn't make the payments. And we don't want to say, yeah, I told you so, that that doctrine's not going to help you. But we want to be there to say, I'm sorry you fell for that, baby. I know that's what we want the easy way if we could just name it yeah. we're going to get it but oh it was just horrible so we want to be gentle and this listener said he tends to get in his flesh because of the things they say that are not fully uh completed biblical principles uh, I, I would i would add in your lack of love um your lack of partnership with your wife um you're not living fully completed biblical principles yeah doesn't matter what you know. There's no value in being right if you're not living it. Yeah. And and the the, the the idea here is to make sure they're the target of your ministry. And God's given you an opportunity to let your light so shine before them that they can see your good works. They can see the change. They can see the work that God is doing in your heart. Um, so so don't don't make their visits and on, on a, a debate. Yeah. Um, Be the servant. Yeah, serve them, yeah. love them. Uh, at the same time, and this is where husband and wife got to be on one page, Paula. Um, it, it your home is a place for truth, yeah. Not to argue, mm-hmm. but to live it and to declare it. Yeah. And um, you know they're watching you, and what you want them to see when they're watching you is that you are becoming more and more like Jesus. And yeah. because this is her parents. Especially, they want to see um, what a godly marriage really looks like. Yeah, and you you have the opportunity to show them 
what the godly man. It's not a compromise to have them there. The compromise is Jesus, I don't want them in heaven because they irritate me. Mm. And and that's the wrong place to be. Yeah. Thank you very much for the question. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls, questions and or comments today based on how we started the program. Paula, what's you know what? Because I've been listening to this show for a very long time and I am learning how you answer questions. That was a brave question to ask on a radio program. I'm searching with his wife sitting right there to get that answer. Um, because maybe, um, well, hopefully you're one who loves conviction and you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to be changed. And so I think that was a, a very brave stance that you took. And so now is... Okay, now that you have the answer, what are you going to yeah. do? Now what we got to deal with is a lot of the times that those kind of questions come because um, the, the man in the family is hoping I'll straighten out his wife. Well, <laughs> yeah, I What's know up? that happens sometimes. So going back to my where the wind blows. Um, and so, uh, you know, the Lord told Abraham, go to a land I will show you. You know, he heard that. Yeah, but this God, he knew my name. You know, he heard, he heard that voice. He heard that voice. Um, that's old. That's Old Testament. And then in in Psalm forty six ten, I have this. When I, when on my side of the bed, I had this plaque on on the wall. You know, where God said in Psalm forty six ten, "Be still." And know that I am God. And he says, I will be exalted among the people. I will be exalted in all the earth. But you hear that still, small voice say, stop running around. Stop fretting. Stop worrying. Stop taking matters into your own hands. Stop and just be still and know that I am God. We can hear that voice if, you know, because sometimes when I'm, you know, you get all upset and stuff and I'm running around, you know, not even knowing where I'm going. It's almost like walking in running in circles. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And you can almost hear the voice of the Lord say, you need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Just be still and know that I am God. Like you, like we know, he's still in control of all these things. Nothing catches him off guard. And so when, when strange things happen in my life, I need to take a step back and say, you already knew that. You already have made provisions for this. I am in your hands. You know, the double pluck theory. <laughs> you have me in your hand and the Father has me in his hand. Nothing's happening that you don't already know. And then the rehearsal of, okay, God's going to work all the things together for the good. All the things. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, all that. Um, all the things together for the good of those who love him. That's me. That's you. Um, and so, let me interrupt just for a second. It just occurred to me, and I don't want to don't want to lose this thought. Um, that that man that you were talking about that wanted to run around the church mm. in, in mm-hmm. the, the previous question. Yeah. Um, that that man and his family have been at our church now for a whole lot of years. He has been the drummer on our primary worship team for I don't know seven, eight, nine years. Uh, and they have grown so much, and uh, they have been a treasure to yeah. the church. So we need patience with people. That's right. And and that's that's, that's right. the outcome there. People actually get it. Um, I was thinking too. Now that you made mention of that, remember the one lady who was raised Catholic her whole, whole life, came here and she was in a wedding for one of our ladies as a, a maid of honor or the matron of honor. <laughs> well, she came a couple times, and then you saw her in the hallway, and you said, oh, hi, her name, and she goes, this is not my church. <laughs> because she would have let her, her story, she would have let her mother down, you know, um, because she was raised Catholic, and now I'm going to convert to Christianity? Wow, that's going to that's gonna break her heart, you know. But anyway, the truth won out. And she gave her life to the Lord. Well, her parents, elderly, um, she ended up leading both of them 
to faith in Christ after lifelong relationship in a religion. Um, her dad, right before he passed away, um, but patience. We didn't try to change her. She just heard the word of God. She heard the truth. She saw the relationships around here that it was really family, and the truth hit her heart. And so, anyway, I thought that was apropos. Yep. Okay. So, my uh, where I said, be still and know that I am God. And then in the New Testament, Jesus telling, Jesus telling uh, the people, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. Going back to the wind blows. The wind blows. My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. And then Ananias. This was one of the scariest ones. Ananias um, was told by the Lord to go to the man on Straight Street, um, Saul of Tarsus, before he became Paul. And, and Ananias was like, are you kidding me? What have I done wrong? He's been killing. He's been killing the people, Lord. And so sometimes when the wind blows, the Lord is sending us into kind of spooky places. But it's one of those where, are you going to trust me? Yes or no? You're going to go because I'm telling you I'll be with you? Um, yes or no? Can you imagine if Ananias hadn't gone? It would have been somebody else's name because somebody else would have gone. But Ananias loved the Lord so much, and he trusted God, and he went. Oh, we've got, uh, we've got Jerry holding on line one from San Antonio. Jerry, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thank you, Pastor Ron and Paula. This is Jerry, the one you met at the uh, restaurant. I think you know who I am. Oh, oh yes. hi, Jerry. Hi, baby. Did you have your, your knee surgery? Was knee surgery, right? I had it this morning. Okay. And good. I'm listening okay? to your show. I don't want to, I don't, I'm okay. I'm, I'm strong with pain. I'm good. Thank God everything went well. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, just want to say briefly, I was listening to the show. I'm relaxing and icing the knee, whatnot, but I, it just dawned on me that today is Pastor Ron's birthday, if I re- recall, and I wanted to wish him a <laughs> happy you. birthday. Thank <laughs> you so much, because I was going to say it, but I didn't really want to have to be the one. So thank you, Jerry, because he, he probably yeah. would have looked at me and, and said, I will be there Sunday, so I'll see you. I just wanted to give a birthday wish. I know time is running out on the show. I'll see you. Best church I've ever attended in my life. I'll see you Sunday. I love you guys. Thank you so much. God bless. Oh, love you, God too. You. Thank, Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. You, you know you weren't going to say happy birthday. No, I had it written down. That's why yeah, I asked yeah. you for your pen. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't have to. I tell people, Jerry, that at my age, it's just birthday. Mm-hmm. The, the happy part, that, that ship has sailed. But um, um, people have been very kind and very warm mm-hmm. uh, all day. So thank you for that. And I'm glad the surgery went well. And, you know, this is, this is why we talk to people in restaurants and wherever we go. Yeah. You get to meet wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. And if we just would have gone in and just been by ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, we would have been robbed. Jerry's yeah. just, uh, you know, so yeah. so we get to see him. And now he knows what what uh, um, what he's looking for. And, and, and it's neat to see what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really, that was so timely. Thank you, Jerry. Remind me to give you a kiss on the cheek, a high five or something when you get back. Paula, let, let's let's close this program. I got a question that came in from Randy. Okay. Uh, Randy says, Hi, Pastor Ron. Mark 6, 4 says, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. I'm not respected by my wife and unbelieving family. I believe I'm trying to be the best version of Jesus Christ by taking them to church, read, pray, trying to be an ambassador of Jesus. I also think about this verse that puts my heart at ease. Uh, what are your thoughts? Will I ever be honored by my wife and family? Um, Randy, first, I'll, I'll just say this because I want Paula to deal with this. Um, um, you, you're respected in heaven. God is pleased. Uh, you keep reading to them. You keep praying with them. Uh, you keep loving them. You keep taking them to church. That's what the leader of a house does. And God will have to move on their hearts. And you're giving him the opportunity to do that. So this can't be about your family respecting you. Uh, this will be about your your relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that you're in his perfect will. And, and believe me, the Holy Spirit wants to win them over. Paula, what would you... 
Yeah. It's hard when a wife doesn't respect her husband. It, it is. And, you know, sometimes we're kind of jerky that way because we want to do, just like everybody else, we want to do what we want to do. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do, how to live our lives, and i got to go to church, you know, that kind of thing. And, and But you are very highly thought of, like Ron was saying, in heaven. And deep down inside, everyone wants a godly man, and every man really wants a good girl. They just don't know, could we live in this? We're just, we're still in our flesh. Yeah. And until she's saved, um, she doesn't get it. Ron used to pray, even though he wasn't saved, give me another woman. Give me somebody better than this one. And then he got saved, and the Lord opened his eyes. So I'm praying right now that the Lord will open up your wife's eyes to see that you know, instead of taking her to some bar or some strip club or dirty movies or whatever, you're taking her to a place where she can be fed and um, washed in the Word, which is what the Lord is telling you to do. Randy, Randy, I'll add yeah. this, that, that I got saved because of Paula's relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I knew Jesus was real because of her. I couldn't steal her joy. So stay filled with the joy of the Lord. Stay loving them no matter what. And we'll see what happens. Hey, tomorrow we're going to be doing a rebroadcast. And then on uh, Monday, it's Memorial Day, that will also be a rebroadcast. The studio is closed. Thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Pray for our graduating seniors. They graduate tonight. Paula? Yeah. Bye-bye. See you next week. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.